Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the Dino Talk podcast. Nick and Jesse here again for another episode. Today, um, we're going to do a talk about a few things. Um, we're going to start out with some trade talk, um, just trades that went down in our Dynasty League. Some we're involved, went, were involved in, some were not. And then we're going to talk about some guys that are due for some regression, like they're that this year we don't expect their value to be quite as high and are going to take a little bit of a dip. And yeah, we'll go ahead and start out with some trade talks. Um, Jesse, you want to go ahead and start us off? Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, the one we were going to start off with here was uh, just one that happened in our shared league. It actually wasn't me or Nick that were, uh, that were involved in the trade. But somebody traded away Garrett Wilson in a second for Anthony Richardson. And Nick actually got vocal in in the chat, even. I mean, not not about the particular trade, but it just led to led to um, some good discussion there in the chat. And uh, yeah, so I obviously think the Garrett Wilson side stole it because I'm not a huge Anthony Richardson fan. I know that's kind of what Nick was talking about in the chat a little bit, uh, but yeah, yeah, I think that the Garrett Wilson side was an absolute steal. Um, it, it'd be the equivalent. I mean, just think of like giving up the 102. You know, for Garrett Wilson in a second, I would have done that all day long this entire offseason. So that's how I see it. Yeah, that's definitely fair. Um, I don't know. You When you texted me initially, you said, wow, like Garrett Wilson, dude, got a steal. Like, I can't believe that. And I don't know. I, I'm torn because Garrett Wilson, like selling him plus a second for the 102, like, that's basically just saying that Garrett Wilson is basically a top receiver in this league, which I th- I think he can become that. But coming off a rookie year in which his stats were worse than like Terry McLaurin's his rookie year and worse than Chris Olave his rookie year, um, like to me that's a big leap. I mean I know we got Aaron Rodgers, but I don't know. But the other part of it is Anthony Richards, in which I'm not a huge Anthony Richards fan. I I'm one who does not believe in the sky high upside that others see. And, but my initial thought was that, you know what? I think that's like kind of a decent deal. And that's because in one league when, in which I almost acquired Anthony Richardson, the reason why I did that is because Anthony Richardson's trade value is insane right now. Like people just think his upside is insane. Just imagine Lamar's rushing and Josh Allen passing. Like that's what Anthony Richardson's going to become. It's just like that's what Anthony Richardson would become is if he hits his absolute ceiling. Which, sorry to break it to people, but it's not happening. Like Anthony Richardson is a guy that has to have a lot go right in order for him to be, in my opinion, Justin Fields from last season. In which everyone says Justin Fields couldn't pass, which fair. I mean, he had a rough season passing, but he had a great rushing season. And I think that's something Anthony Richardson can do. But like he even has work to do before he can even get to Justin Fields' passing level from that year. I mean, Anthony Richardson threw 17 touchdowns, nine interceptions last year. Justin Fields, 17 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. I know it's a difference between college, NFL, amount of games played and all that. But I just think Anthony Richardson is like, to me, when watching Josh Allen and Anthony Richardson in college, I think Josh Allen was miles ahead of Anthony Richardson. And I mean, maybe Anthony Richardson has the rushing aspect that can make him really good, but 
I don't know. I, I just think his right now his value in dynasty is a lot higher than what he actually is. And if I were to acquire him, it would be to flip it. Like if in a league I had that I had the 102, if I could go back in time, I would have taken Anthony Richardson there and I would have sold him and got a star quarterback or a star player because that's clearly that was the move. And I kind of screwed up there. But regardless, yeah, I, I think the Garrett Wilson side won. But in terms of value right now, the Anthony Richardson side makes it pretty close. Yeah, I mean, Anthony Richardson's the one rookie QB that I could really see tanking in value, like, as soon as the season starts. Absolutely. So, all right, cool. So, I mean, it sounds like we're we're pretty close to the same page. Um, so then we'll go ahead and dive into to some of my, uh, my trades that I did in the last two weeks here. So uh, a pretty big one um, in a league that I got second in last year. I uh, sold away my first, my second, and my third for next year, as well as a second for 2025. So I know that's that's quite a quite a uh, quite a lot of draft capital. But I acquired Kyler Murray and DJ Moore. So um, in this league, like I was saying, I did get second last year. I have Justin Jefferson, AJ Brown. Adding DJ Moore into that uh, receiving core, just uh, you know, in case one of them goes down as well. Uh, it is a two wide receiver league. It's one of those leagues where uh, three flexes, two wide receivers, uh, two running backs. So not a ton of um. You want you want the star power is is kind of what I'm trying to say, and you know, getting Kyler Murray who, uh, right now it seems like he's at a discount. I've actually grabbed him twice um in the off season here, uh since um since they kind of have ruled uh, him, him out for the first six weeks at, at minimum. Um, so, yeah, felt like I got ended up getting Kyler Murray at, at a deal and then uh, also added DJ Moore to a team that is already ready to win. So what do you th- think about that, Nick? Give me a grade. Um, so you traded away your 24 first, second, and third, and your 2025 second? Correct. Is that right? I think it's a great deal for you. I mean – Kyler, I don't know if he'll help you a ton this year, but to be honest, I don't think it really matters because it's basically like getting in your first round, you get Kyler Murray, which is pretty solid. I mean, as long as he gets back to health and I mean, he'll find some kind of job next year, even if the Cardinals tank and get Caleb Williams or Drake May, I think Kyler will land on his feet. Okay. And then as far as getting DJ Moore as well, like that's, that's a really good deal for you. And I, yeah, I think you killed that. Well, I was th- uh, the my main thing in getting Kyler Murray was I was thinking, well, okay, so next year if Kyler's healthy in the offseason, I can trade him away. Like whenever there's a little bit of hype around him or something, probably get you know a uh, more if not equivalent to a, to what I sold him for, and then you know you you add it on DJ DJ Moore, and yeah, I'd feel pretty good about it. It's kind of like an investment. Uh, I do have two two very good quarterbacks. I can't remember who they are off the top of my head in that league, but. Yeah, I like that quite a bit. Another deal that we're going to discuss, it's actually a trade Jesse made um, in a league that we're, we're both in. We're not, we're not, it's not our shared team, but we're both in the league. And he traded away Geno Smith and LaVisca Chenault for Trey Lance and Juju Smith-Schuster. And to me, I, I think that was a big win for Jesse. Um, the guy who made it was clearly a win now team, and he thought getting Gino will really help him this year. And Jesse's 
in rebuild gets up picks up Juju and Trey Lance and no matter what you think about Trey Lance like Trey Lance is a guy who's a first round pick and he's got some upside and I think being able to flip a guy like like Gino who's older and doesn't have a lot of like he's only on a I think he signed a two-year deal three-year deal but really it's basically a one-year deal so getting Trey Lance, who's got some upside, and Juju, who I think Juju's quite a bit over Chenault. I I like Chenault, but it's just it's really hard to tell him what kind of role he's going to have. Like he he could be a 25, 50 touch guy for the whole next season. And Juju is as long as he's healthy, he could be a a decent flex play in which like you're not in win now, you can either hold him, hope he keeps his value, or you can flip him and get some assets in return overall i think that's a nice trade for you yeah i um obviously of, of course I, I agree with you i did make the trade but um yeah my, my big thought with it was uh actually the exact same thought as kyler murray with trey lance right now just hey he's at a crazy discount whenever he sent me over the trade offer i was kind of uh surprised at first but i mean that is what trey lance is down to now <laughs> so you'll never you'll never meet more of a Trey Lance hater than this guy right here. So for me to actually accept this trade, it it was kind of crazy. I didn't realize whenever I traded away Gino that he was actually QB five last year. Um, I knew that he had a really really solid season. I just I don't know. I was looking um at the QBs today actually, and it it he stands out like a sore thumb. Like he clearly is out of place up there in the elite elite quarterbacks. Um. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, you, you you nailed it. Um, I don't know how. I'm pretty sure I had I had Jalen Hurts and Geno. How how did I not win that league, man? Anyway, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, gosh, that is crazy. So yeah, um, hopefully with with uh, yeah, Trey Lance will be a, a better flip uh of an investment than than Geno in the future. Yeah, that is wild. I had QB three and QB five. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's the way it happens sometimes. But I'm gonna actually gonna talk about uh, Gino in a little bit with the regressions. And another trade I'll talk about here, actually in the same league. And I'm I'm one opposite of Jesse. I'm in win now mode. I feel like I got a pretty solid team, but like some of the other win now teams in the league made some moves, and I was kind of sitting there with all my picks next year, and I got some young guys, and I was like, you know what, I should probably make a move here kind of consolidate a bit and that's what i did i traded away my 2024 first and 2024 third and Devonte smith and i got stefan diggs and Najee harris and it is tough getting rid of Devonte smith i mean a very young what is he 22 23 years old finished i think he finished as a wide receiver one i mean maybe not per game but yeah, I mean, tied to a good offense. It's tough getting rid of that in a first. I mean, honestly, I don't like giving getting rid of a first in the offseason uh, just because I hate committing early and then being stack, stuck with a non-competing team. But this team, I, I have a lot of depth and I have a lot of star power, and I feel pretty good about at least being a late first. And getting Stefan Diggs and Najee in that deal, I think Diggs – is one who's pretty consistent. I mean, he's probably not going to be wide receiver one, I would think. Um, but I think he's going to be at least a 
a wide receiver one. Like he's not going to be the wide receiver one, but he will be a wide receiver one. And tied to Josh Allen, he's going to be pretty consistent. He's veteran guy. And then Najee, like I'm not a huge Najee fan. Like I think he's a guy that's very inefficient, but he gets a ton of volume. And they're bringing back the same offensive coordinator, basically the same offense, and he's going to continue to get work. And I needed a little more running back depth, and he's probably going to be a starter for me. And I'm, I'm happy with the move. Hurts getting rid of Devontae Smith and some picks, but I think it kind of helps solidify my starting lineup. Yeah, as a matter of fact, Nick, why don't you go over that starting lineup real quick, just uh, show exactly what that is, because that does put in perspective this trade a ton. Because, uh, yeah, yeah, you you gave away some major like future assets. So let's let's hear hear exactly what what the rest of the team looks like. Yeah, so I have my quarterback. Or it's a super flex, two running back, two wide receiver, two flex league. I have Justin Fields, Dak Prescott as my quarterbacks, and I have Derek Carr as well. And then at running back, I have Bijan Robinson, Miles Sanders, the starters, but I also have Najee, Antonio Gibson, Javante Williams, and Rashad White. And then a receiver, my starters as of now with that trade is Cooper Cup, Stephon Diggs, DK Metcalf, DJ Moore. And then I also have Calvin Ridley, Michael Thomas, uh, Terrace Marshall, Rondell Moore, Trey Burks, uh, Sky Moore. And then at tight end, I have Darren Waller. So overall, that's a pretty solid squad I got. I, I actually got last place last year, which worked out perfectly because I, I had multiple other early firsts, and then I did some wheeling and dealing. Next thing you know, I got a starting lineup that looks to be one of the top contenders in that league. Yeah, no, I mean, that that team is pretty uh... – it's pretty stellar, and definitely the the big thing is the running back depth. Um, that always tends to play out huge later on in the season. That really determines, you know, the the first round buy and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, I mean, a, a huge win in upping your wide receivers. That's a really hard wide receiving core to to upgrade. So you're obviously going to have to give away some pieces to be able to upgrade it. But um, overall, I'm going to give the trade a C. Just just. Right here on paper, just looking at it, uh, looking at it, gonna give you a C, big dog. <laughs> I I get it, I get it. I getting rid of a young wide receiver hurts, but I'm a win now team. And I, to be honest, I got some young guys on that team. I got DK Metcalf, DJ Moore, Trey Burke, Sky Moore that I feel good about in the future. To where I'm okay, given getting rid of a young guy, um, but I like as long team. as it's late. As long as it's a late first, you kill it. Yeah, which I mean, and you should be. You, you. Yeah. I mean, you should be locked in. But I mean, it is a it is a wonky season. So I mean, exactly like you said, it is always scary. It's scary, um, giving away your assets, um, before the season starts. And of course, I'm just gonna try to make it even worse for you. So, um, <laughs> uh, but all right, all right. So there's another one last trade in that same same league. Um, I got offered a a a, a trade here. They were going to send me Alexander Madison, and they wanted Cam Akers. Again, this is a league that is blowing up. Um, right before we started the pod, I told Nick about this trade, and he said he was going to wait to roast me for the pod. So um, I'm ready to hear the roast. My reasoning, Cam Akers is a year younger. Uh, Alexander Madison um, seems kind of like trade bait. He, he could very well, you know, I mean, have a good start to the season where you could trade him away, but um, – 
not super confident in his ability to maintain the entire season. I understand Cam, a- Cam Akers, he did have uh, the ankle injury, but man, he's young. He had 100 yards each of the last three games his last uh, last season. If he starts off the beginning of this year and he's really churning and he's you know having great games, everybody's going to remember those three games last year. And they're going to say, okay, he's back. Man, he's back at that second round, third round level where we were drafting before he got injured in the offseason uh, a couple years back. So that's my reasoning. Let's 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 hear the roast. Bring it on. Unfortunately, Jesse here, I'm going to actually roast you from a couple different angles. This is obviously not personal, but from my point of view on that trade, when hearing it, like you're not winning this year. And I'm one personally that believes when you're a rebuilding team, when you're trying to get an earlier pick, like rostering a running back is not the way to go. And approaching it from the idea of Cam Akers as a year younger, I'm not a huge fan of because you know how running backs turnover. Like the top running backs, like yes, Derrick Henry, McCaffrey, they remain the same, but Cam Akers is not one of those guys, and neither is Alexander Madison. That's the one angle. Another angle is, for one, I would make that trade because I think Alexander Madison is better trade bait than Cam Akers. Like, I I have Cam Akers in a league where I'm not trying to win. And getting rid of Cam Akers is very difficult, in my opinion. And then I have a league that I have Alexander Madison, and getting rid of him is much easier. Like, there's a lot more interest because he's going to have, I think, more of a role. For Cam Akers, I am a bit nervous as far as, like, what his role will be, like, how he's going to be long-term. I mean, he already had last season where the Rams put him on the trade block, McVay and him weren't like seeing eye to eye. The Rams as a whole, like they, it just seemed like they were going to part ways and Cam Akers was going to kind of go down the James Robinson track. And late in the season, I know he put up some big games, but that was in a lost season. I think this year, I think it's really hard to like Achilles injuries are tough. Like there's, I, I feel for him. It's, it's not an easy injury to recover from. And I think Cam Akers is one that like, he could come in this year and have a couple good games, yes, but he could also have a four-game season and then get hurt and just kind of disappear, you know. And Alexander Madison, like, we kind of think he's going to get the workload. And if he has a couple big games, I think people are going to be more likely to buy in on Alexander Madison, like a contending team, than a contending team will buy into Cam Akers, who's had his injury troubles. So that's kind of my thoughts as to why I think Alexander is the move. I just think he's one better trade bait and two, like I think I I think I might be more of a believer in Madison than I am in Akers. But I mean I know that's a personal opinion. See, whenever you came at it from the trade bait angle, I actually do like I, I even admitted that Alexander Madison is more of a trade bait guy right now. Like people are really into him. And I mean you're right. I mean if he has a great first three games, the the sky's the limit for his value. But Man, I think it's the same for Cam Akers. And, um, yeah, I mean, I just I just think it's more of a belief thing. I have a little bit more belief in Cam Akers. And, uh, 
And, and you know, to be a hundred percent honest, it might be personal because I had Achilles injuries. And so, you know, I, uh, <laughs> just rooting for the guy because I know he's going through. So yeah, no, I mean that, that could very well be it. Um, that's understandable. So, uh, last trade here, uh, I traded away Russell Wilson and Michael Pittman for Deshaun Watson. Um, yeah, I mean the move for that, it was, it's in a league that, uh, it was actually a startup. So, um, we did the draft like a couple months ago and, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just ended up trading away Russell and, uh, Michael Pittman for Deshaun Watson. I believe it was like my, I want to say like fifth and sixth round for their, ended up being their second, their late second round pick. So, um, yeah, yeah. What do you think of that trade? Oh, I guess I should let you know who, uh, who was on that team, huh? Be nice. So I got Deshaun Watson now as my QB one to go with Aaron Rodgers. I'm a little bit more believer in Aaron Rodgers than Nick. And then uh I have Elijah Mitchell, AJ Dillon as my running back. Obviously went zero RB here. Uh so my wide receivers, Garrett Wilson, Amon Ross St. Brown, Deontay Johnson, Quentin Johnson, Kadarius Tony. Mike Williams, and then my tight ends, Kyle Pitts. Oh, and I have Jordan Love as a backup QB, too. be honest, I did not need to hear the rest of your team. I was actually looking for the mute button. I, I think that's a huge win regardless. <laughs> <laughs> I think you killed that. I think Russell Wilson's a guy that I think he could have a bounce-back year. Um, Personally, I wouldn't bet on it. I mean, it he's one that I'm so torn on. Like, I think he could have a bounce back year and finish as QB8 on the season. I think he could have a year where he's QB20 and they're working in a rookie quarterback. Like, I think it could go a variety of different ways. And I think Sean Payton's going to be – like, he's going to commit. Like, he's if Russell Wilson can prove, he's going to stick with him. And I think if not, I think he'll, he'll make a change. And I – from what I've seen with Broncos reporters, like after next season, like, yes, he'll have a dead cap hit, but I think the Broncos are like, sounds like the Broncos are going to be ready to move on if that's the case. And I think getting Watson, like, I think he has some upside and, and then as far as Pittman included, uh, I'll talk about Pittman here in a little bit with regression. All right. I, I like it. So. Um, So then uh, real quick here, I know we we both had um two people yeah yeah two different regression candidates um do you want to go ahead and start off with with yours yeah and um uh, with the regression I I know there's positive regression players but we're just going to talk about the guys we think are going to negatively be affected by regression and yeah I'll go ahead and start uh first guy uh Geno Smith and I know I know. He just got Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, they just got Zach Charbonnet. Um, they got DK Metcalf back. Tyler Lockett got a young offensive line that's going to improve. Like, Geno Smith could get even better. But I'm weird. I, I'm i one who – I'm not a huge believer in 32-year-old breakouts. Like, I, I'm just not. And I'm one in general. Um, year, year four in the league, and you break out for the first time, I know Jess is going to talk about one of these guys, like Daniel Jones. Like, I just have t- a tough time buying it. I do. And Geno Smith is a guy who did it 12 years into the league. And, yes, it could be the case that 
he needed time to figure it out. And all those years as a backup, he kind of learned and he just got better. But I don't know. I Late in the season, Gino kind of dipped a bit. And I know they played some good defenses, but down the stretch, like he kind of struggled. And like, yes, it could be the good defenses, but I also think it could be like teams are kind of starting to figure Gino out and they're tra- starting to figure out how to play him, like what to do, like in the back end, like how to confuse him. And I think it's going to be something that is going to kind of wear on Gino. And I think he's, I think he could kind of have a tough year. I mean, it's kind of tough saying that with the receiving core and the offense that he's going to have, but I, I just could see him kind of taking a dip. And from a fantasy perspective, especially him finishing QB five, like the likelihood that he does that again, I think is low. I think he'll likely live in the like seven or the 12 to 20, 17, something like that, which is fine. But like, if you can trade him away, like right now before the season, like I think that's a good move because you never know what could happen. Like he's at the age where you never know. And like they got Drew Locke behind him. And I know Drew Locke struggled to start, but like if Gino struggles, like I think Drew Locke, like he's a guy I've had in quite a few leagues because like, it's just like, it's an offense that's pretty easy. And if they figure out Gino, like I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's a possibility. Like Gino gets hurt, Drew Locke could, kind of take charge and yeah i just think gino is a guy that could kind of dip a bit this year and that that could be a hot take because of the offense around him um i mean i've i just got to be honest with the viewers here um i heard the same spiel about somebody's backup taking him over last year um with uh with my boy jalen hurts so I don't know. I don't know how much I can believe uh, believe you hear about about uh, Drew Locke taking over Gino's spot, but uh, anyway, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm 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 glad the mute button uh, is on here because I was cracking up during uh, during a lot of uh, a lot of what you're talking about there. So anyway, uh, as you alluded to, my guy is Daniel Jones. Um. So let me just go ahead and read read uh some people the the list of uh of top um let's go from six down to nineteen of quarterbacks here, okay? You got six. Justin Fields, Kirk Cousins, Trevor Lawrence at eight, Daniel Jones is at nine. All right, then we have Jared Goff. We have Justin Herbert behind Daniel Jones. Tom Brady's gone. Aaron Rodgers behind it, Daniel Jones, Lamar Jackson. Tua Tugavailoa, Russell Wilson, Derek Carr, Dak Prescott. Nick, stop me when um when I mention someone that you can't see passing up Daniel Jones and who doesn't have better weapons that they'll be throwing to. Tom Brady, I guess, would be the one that you could maybe that you could maybe stop me on. But um, yeah, I just that's really what it comes down to. It's these other quarterbacks that are behind him. I just see them as better than Daniel Jones, like. Every single one of them, pretty much, and uh, having better weapons, I just, I just don't know how Daniel Jones would be able to maintain being the QB nine on the season with Darren Waller as his wide receiver one. That just, I just don't really see it. So, um, yeah, that's that's my regression candidate. I love Daniel Jones, have a lot of him, but uh, yeah, he he isn't going to be in the in the top twelve QB conversation next year uh, if I were to put money on it. 
Yeah, no, I can. I mean, I think that's a pretty easy one. Um, how far Daniel Jones is a huge contract he got, and they did not pass a lot this past year. Like he, I think he threw fifteen touchdowns, which is nuts. He like he just ran a ton more. Like and he scrambled a lot more, and like maybe that's something they continue. I, I'm gonna be curious to see what their offense does this year with Dable and kind of the next step that Daniel Jones makes or that he's unable to make. I think it's going to be a pretty interesting year for the Giants. Um, Yeah, I don't know. That's very interesting to see where they go from here. But uh, I'll kind of transition here to my next one. Um, Ramondre Stevenson. And Ramondre Stevenson has won last year. I'll, I'll look up what he finished on the season. I definitely should have had this ahead of time, but I did not. He finished as RB7. And a lot of that was because Ramondre Stevenson caught 69 passes. Ramondre Stevenson, the guy who's like, what is he, 6'2", 240? Yeah, he's the pass catcher. I personally just don't think that's something that's going to be able to be kept up with especially changing offenses like bringing in bill o'brien this year like i i think a normal offensive coordinator will not get there and decide hey like let's throw the ball 88 times to our big bowling ball running back like i i just don't see that happening and like he that Average 6.1 yards per route, like per, per reception, which is the lowest um, out of anyone that caught that many passes. Like he caught, yeah, 69 passes, and I think he was finished like seven or eight in terms of yards. Like I just, I just think Ramondre is one that's going to regress. Like he's not going to catch that many passes next year. Like they, they brought in better receivers. They brought in like uh, Mike Kosicki. Like they're not going to throw the balls that many times for Ramondre Stevenson, like mark it down. But I mean, Ramondre Stevenson could make up for it. He only had five brushing touchdowns last year. That could go up, but you never know with touchdowns. And I just think he's a guy that he could do it. Like he could still be a top running back by his rushing stuff and by getting the touchdowns, but I'm not betting on him getting that many touchdowns or that many receptions again. Yeah, that's super fair. That's a that's a really solid take. I mean, yeah, I, I don't see him. I don't see him uh, having that many receptions uh, as well. But yeah, I mean, we'll see. He definitely could up it with uh, with his uh, rushing touchdowns. Um, my second uh, regression candidate. It's funny that you said that uh, Daniel Jones was uh, was the easy one because. I felt like my my second one was the actual easy one. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, number two tight end last year. Uh, he was basically the number two wide receiver for Minnesota. Obviously, they got um, they got a, a rookie wide receiver in Atkin and Addison and uh, <laughs> Addison there. And um, yeah, I just think that that role is going to get taken over. You know, I mean, he could still be a, a a top tight end, but I just wouldn't go draft him number two, number three. I mean, uh, he just isn't going to have the same role that he did whenever he got traded to uh to the Vikings. He will have, you know, obviously some role. I don't think he's going to fall off the map completely, but 
Number two tight end is just uh, pushing it for me. Your mute, your mute's on, brother. Sorry about that. Um, I'm with you there. I think that. I think that Hawkinson could see a dip this year. Um, but I, I mean, the tight end position is so difficult. Uh, I think he's a guy that even if he regresses, he could still finish like top 10. But at the same time, you want a tight end that'll give you that edge. And I just don't think Hawkinson's going to do that next season. And I, I have a few more, like just to kind of wrap it up here. I have a few more that I'll talk about. Uh, Michael Pittman is one. Um, last season, he caught 99 passes. I mean, he did not have a thousand yards. Like he had a low, like a dog guy and like people might think, oh, like he's got a different quarterback who can push the ball downfield. Like I think he's going to progress, but the Colts threw the ball last year, 60% of the time. And I, th I think that's going to drop, like could drop pretty significantly. Um, with Steichen and with Richardson. And I just think if Michael Pittman catches 70 passes, like 65 passes, like you're going to be really, really disappointed in him. Like he's a guy that he's going to have to have a large touchdown total, even to be in that wide receiver three range. Like, I just think he's a guy that he's been living in the kind of low tier, like RB2 or wide receiver two. And he's a guy that could really, in my opinion, he's a guy that can kind of fall off the radar next season. And yeah, he could get it. He could be a downfield guy to where he could get more yardage and less receptions. But I just think he's a guy that I'm not betting on um, to kind of make that leap. And I think if anything, he can kind of regress. And the other ones I'll talk about like real quick is like the Eagles offense, like Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, like those, those two in particular. Um, like I know Jesse's not real happy with this, but Shane Steichen is gone. Like he is now the coach of the Colts and they have Brian Johnson coming in or he was there, but he, he's calling plays next year. And like, yes, you could say like, they're going to have the same offense fair, but you have a new play caller and you never know what happens in that circumstances. Last year, the, in the last two years, the Eagles threw the ball only 50% of the time in the bottom four of the league. And like the two years before that, they threw the ball, I think 60% of the time. And I, I just think if they jump up to where they're throwing the ball 56% of the time, I, I just think like, I know Hertz has made a lot of progressions with his, like with his passing, but like, do you really want that offense throwing the ball more? I personally think they like, it's so efficient with the passing and the running that I think changing it up completely like that will kind of change, like kind of change the way like things are done. And then also with Devonte Smith, um, like Dallas Goddard was not healthy towards the end of last season. That's where Smith got a lot of his receptions. And like, I think AJ Brown's still going to eat just because he's a very good receiver, but like if the offense dips a little bit, like if they don't have the pristine play calling that Steichen had and like, they still could have a good offense, but it's just like people, some people are going to drop. And I think that production is going to drop in Devonte Smith's favor. To be fair. So like you said, they've only, they only threw 50, 50. 
and they still somehow Jalen Hurts was able to support two top ten wide receivers and a top ten tight end at the end of the year. That's that's what it came down to. So, um, yeah, no, I, I don't see any regressions happening with the Eagles. If anything, they're just going to get even even better because uh, they're going to actually have to play in the fourth quarter. Um, I disagree with everything that you just said, Nick. Okay, your turn. <laughs> but, but kind of what I was meaning with that is like I. If they're less – like, I think Steichen was a great play caller. If they're a little bit less efficient and have the same splits, like, that's going to be really tough for Devontae Smith to continue and A.J. Brown to continue at that level. Like, they just have to be crazy efficient. And I, I think Brian Johnson has a bright future in the league. But expecting him to be as good of a play caller as Steichen last year to where they can ma- maintain that efficiency passing, I – I just don't see that happening to where I think there's going to be a dip with one of the receivers pass like pass volume. And I think Devonte Smith is the guy that I think could see a dip. No, no. I mean, I, I could actually see Devonte Smith. I mean, as a wide receiver too, being the top 10 wide receiver in fantasy, that's, that's always going to be tough to replicate um, real quick. Did one, I have one person. It's not really, doesn't really count as regression, but just lower than I guess what the, the consensus is Calvin Ridley. And my main reason for that is the positivity of Christian Kirk. I want everybody, I know you might be listening to this driving, doing whatever you're doing. I want you to some, sometime go ahead and Google Christian Kirk's career stats, and then go ahead and Google Tyler Lockett's career stats. You want to talk about a career comparison and a guy that you're going to keep getting every single year in redraft. You're just going to keep on drafting him in, in the, you know, sixth through ninth round. And every year he's going to be a wide receiver one to one and a half for you, meaning, you know, top 18, just every single year. And and then in Dynasty, in Dynasty, grab him and don't ever let him go because people who don't want to trade for him, that's fine. They like Calvin Ridley, the, the DK Metcalf, if you're not putting the comparison together. Dog, let him have him. Let him have him in the third round. Let him have him in the second round. That's fine. That's fine. Take your boy, Christian Kirk, late, late as hell. And, you know, you're 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 in there. You're in there. Anyway. All right, back to you, Nick. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I think that's – I'm kind of starting to get a little more on your side, but that's something we're going to talk about next week. Next week we're going to talk a little bit about um, players that we're kind of having a little cold feet on, like that we have like strong opinions on, but we're kind of wavering a bit. And preview to next week, Christian Kirk's kind of one of those guys for me. Like when digging into the data a little more, I, I think Christian Kirk – might end up being all right. And same with Calvin Ridley. But you'll hear about that next week. And next week also, Jesse doesn't know about this yet, but next week um, we're going to have a theme song. Like We're going to have a song to start the episode. And that's something that we've clearly been needing. But yeah, uh, that wraps us up for the week. Jesse, got anything else? No, no. Follow me on Twitter, Jesse underscore Setzer, baby. <laughs> yeah, at PTNick32. Until next time. Peace.